Hello, and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante, and today I am joined by stand-up comedian, storyteller, all-around great dude, uh, Matt Storrs. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. This is so exciting. I'm very excited about this. Well, I'm excited because I was just telling you before we started recording that although you and I know each other fairly well, I actually know basically nothing about your musical taste. And since this is a show about, you know, why we love music and the music that we love, uh, I'm excited to dig into that with you. Yeah, I've always kind of been the person that's enjoyed, you know, all sorts of music. There was one story that I was dating somebody and they asked me what music I like. And I'm like, Oh, I don't really like any music because they were asking it in the context of like what, like, who are you really, really into? Um, like fandom. Right. At least that's how I interpreted it. So from then on, they would like give me a hard time. And I'm like, no, no, no. I misinterpreted your question. I do like music. It's just I'm not like a super fan of any group or anything like that. I just you put anything on and I will find a way to enjoy it. So that always embarrasses me when I think of it. So, (laughs) yeah, uh, I'm excited to talk about music, man. Well, were you ever a musician? Like, did you play anything when you were younger or were you in school choir or anything like that? Yeah. So in school, you know, the requisite. Uh, recorder, of course. And then I played the bells, and that was in my like school bell choir. Is this bells like glockenspiels with mallets, or the bells like the handheld church bells? Church bells. So like, I bi- love. So that. I, that's beautiful. Yeah. So okay, I think that I was musically inclined. Like at that time, I was you know had the recorder training. I was in music classes. I was in guitar, and so I feel like I was musically inclined, but. In Bells, I was assigned to the biggest bell. I believe it's because I was fat uh, and it was the one that was most suited proportionally to my body. Uh, I do not know that that is uh, the case, but that's how it's always felt. Wow. But then also, like, I was not strong at that time. So I was like, ah, like, you you know, you do it. And then it's like, oh, no, I've... (laughs) If I mess up, if I drop this, it's a multi-thousand dollar bell. Yeah, it was it was pretty traumatic in hindsight, you know. Um, my parents, like, tried to invest in, like, my brother's playing instruments. And then when it got around to me, they're like, yeah, we'll buy you a guitar. But it doesn't seem like you're super into it. <laughs> right. And so uh, unless you're really, like, inclined for something, we're not we're not going there. But, yeah, I also played the piano. I could, you know, my grandmother played it and we had one in our house. So I learned a little bit of that as well. So, yeah. So, well, around that time, in terms of like listening to stuff when you were in, say, middle school, early high school, do you have a memory of like what you were really into or did you gravitate towards any specific kind of music that you were listening to? Yeah. So our or at least my background, like my family's musical taste that thus became my musical taste was like. The Beach Boys, The Grateful Dead, and then, you know, influenced by my brothers, like getting the Beastie Boys and more rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like my memory uh, that I associate with the Beastie Boys is reading Jurassic Park. Uh, so if I listen to uh, License to Ill, I will literally be like, oh, this is when the Velociraptors attack, <laughs> um, which is a lot of fun for me. Uh, yeah, so a lot of that. And then got uh like david bowie and iggy pop very much was into that um a lot of my friends were kind of punks so i got you know kind of ingratiated to that 
uh, musical taste as well. I became, if you've seen SLC Punk, um, I actually have not. Okay, well, Jason Siegel is in that movie. Right. And he plays Hardcore Mike, I believe is his character's name. Uh, but he's basically just Jason Siegel wearing a polo shirt and slacks and glasses. Right. And he's just like really, really intense and constantly getting into fights. But he looks like the preppiest dude in the in the place. Yeah. And so people would uh, articulate in my friend group, like, oh, yeah, Matt's just like that. Except I'm like, I don't get into fights, though. Like, I'm just, right. you're just calling me a nerd. <laughs> I don't have that other aspect of it. Uh, that's not fair. That's uh, interesting, though. I mean, like you were saying, that really was like, uh, you were into everything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but have you ever, whether at that time as you were growing up or, or in your adulthood, have you ever had something that you really felt like, oh, this is mine. I'm on the same wavelength as this song or this artist or whatever. Yeah. So there was a good period and I just started listening to them again. Uh, but I felt like I was the only person I knew that knew the music, the music in question being uh, the music of Serengeti. And so I got into like the whole Kenny Dennis saga and all that stuff and like learning an impression that nobody understood what that impression was. <laughs> And like being able to like sing songs and like sending them to people like, oh, you're from Chicago, right? You'll love this. And they're like, what are you doing? Um, but then like taking that down into like all the other albums that he's done and just being like, oh, this is this is really great stuff. And like only every so often does anybody know who he is. And then, you know, some other stuff, which, you know, like we're going to talk about today where it's like, oh, this is what I would not think that anybody would ever think to combine these things together. Right. So so with that stuff, do you find like, is that the quality of it that draws you to it? The, you know, the sort of weirdness almost or the idiosyncrasy of it? Yeah, I think that there's there's an aspect of it where like you can see when something at least to me, feels like it is intended to be commercial. Right. Uh, people make choices in it that are to that end, where it's like, oh, this is a lot of people are going to get it. But when somebody's doing something where they're like, oh, this is an idea I had, and I think that this is funny, or I think that this is insightful and interesting, and if people like it, cool, then that always in inherently connects me to it, even if I'm not like, oh, I have to listen to this or like this is really, really in my wheelhouse of music. It's like, oh, I can connect with that of like, oh, somebody really had an idea behind this. Right, right. So do you feel like that's almost more of like an intellectual connection to it than like a emotional or visceral connection to it? Yeah, I can I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that mentality behind it. With that in mind, Matt Stores, what is the song that makes you scream? This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, so the song that evokes that for me is Melody Sheep's Let Us All Unite, which is a song that uses the speech from, I believe it's The Great Dictator. Right. And basically turns it into a very like intense and beautiful and like resounding song. I can't listen to it without like getting excited and like wanting to do something good.
I love this pick so much because it's such a, and I don't mean this with any sort of negative connotation. It is such a weird pick. Oh yeah. No, I, when people say weird, I don't ever take weird as a, as an insult anymore. It's like, oh, it's weird. Great. Then I'm doing something right. You know? Yeah. Which, which is exactly, you know, I've been talking to people and it's like, it's a hard decision to say, I'm going to pick one song to say, this is my favorite song of all time. And people have been really stressed out about it when I, I approach them about this. But, you know, we're talking about things like Mariah Carey or Joni Mitchell or the, the Beatles or, or these sorts of things. So for you to come in with like, no, this sort of like made for YouTube kind of dance remix version of Charlie Chaplin's Great Dictator speech. Uh, I love it so yeah. much. It has the quality of a lot of things around that time, like the early 2010s, YouTube culture had a lot of like the the YouTube, the news right. or like auto tune the news rather. Right. It, it has that quality to it because it's right. auto tuning this Charlie Chaplin speech to be a melody on top of this track. Obviously, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you are drawn to about it. But to me, it, it gives it almost this comedic undertone that I think is really interesting because it is such a powerful speech. It's one of those, you know, it's often cited as like the greatest speech in film history. Um, and, and it's this very powerful message. And right. if anyone hasn't seen the film, it's this sort of satire on the, the rise of fascism and authoritarianism and, and Hitler. And in this sort of climactic scene, the character who was in a uh, prison camp, a poor Jewish character, is, has been mistaken for the sort of Hitler stand in and he gives a speech and uses that as an opportunity to say, you know, uh, we should renounce authoritarianism and unite as the world and democracy and all this stuff. And it's a very powerful emotional speech. And I think putting it into this setting that is almost funny gives it this really like interesting kind of humanity to it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's the idea, you know, it is danceified. And like I came to because I think this is on the second album that he released. And the first one was like very, very much comedic where it was doing stuff with like Billy Mays and, you know, very much, you know, intended for uh, like humor purposes. Right. And with this one, yeah, it still has that humorous undertone, but it's like, oh, this is delivering a message that is like, like it kind of sticks in your head a little bit right. better than the speech would, if that makes sense, because it has that music, you know, like effectively what I was using it for, you know, the story that I have connected to it is that I was doing a lot of shows. I was, you know, I was in law school and I would listen to that song when either like before I was going to study or like getting prepped to like write comedy or, you know, if in this instance, I'm told that I was laying on the floor drunk <laughs> okay, uh, on like a cement floor, just listening to the song on repeat, just saying, this is the best song ever made. <sighs> yes. Because like it just filled me with energy. Uh, and that's the association that I've always had with it, where it's just if I'm not focused, if I'm you know feeling bad about myself, if I'm feeling bad about the world. I listen to this and it's like, no, things are going to be better. And it's just like, oh, but it's also I can kind of dance to it. Yeah, that makes me happy. Yeah, I love this story so much because it is literalizing what this podcast is, is all about. 
Like you have a specific story where you're laying there and saying out loud, this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire yeah. life. I love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's a Joni Mitchell song. Sometimes it's a Melody Sheep, Danceified, Auto-Tune remix of The Great Dictator Speech by Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. I love it. That's the beautiful thing about music. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not pertinent, but I was just going to mention that it was removed from the album after it came out. Okay. Because they got a like cease and desist. Like they didn't have approval. Right. It was, and it was under copyright. But they did they solve this? Did they figure it out? Oh, well, no, they didn't solve it. So the the link that I sent you, Melody Sheep took down the music video right. and took down the audio track because of that cease and desist. And other people were like, oh, yeah, no, we're just going to put it up <laughs> right. and we're not going to monetize it or anything like that. And so, like, that's how you can get it now. Uh, but, like, I got it, the original, I guess it's not technically a pressing or anything, but the original release. Right. And so I have that original audio track, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's great, too. It makes it even more special because we live in this world now where like everything is just streaming. I don't have a lot of emotional attachment to like MP3 files anymore. Right. I have a few that are like that, that are like really specific things that don't exist anywhere else. Um, but that's just like not the world we live in anymore. So it's it's special to have something uh, that only lives on because you got it at this particular moment <laughs> absolutely absolutely well matt thank you so much for picking this song for coming on talking to us it was a pleasure absolute pleasure for me as well thank you this was this was an absolute delight and i know that you uh you're here to plug a show for anyone who's in the the new york area and anywhere i believe it's streaming as well so please tell us about that it it is yeah so uh i am producing and putting on my one-person show, Portly Lutheran Know-It-All. It's at the Under St. Mark's Theater, part of the Frigid Festival, uh, February 18th through March 3rd. Uh, so there's various times that you can see it, uh, but it is also live streaming during those times and tickets are pay what you want. And uh, it's all about growing up as a portly Lutheran boy going to a religious middle school. So it's... yeah, I'm I'm hoping there's a story about church bells. Um, but if not, we got the exclusive here. So. Uh, well, you have the exclusive. The church wow. bells was a potential thing that we would include. But <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to hold off. I'm going to keep it for this podcast. So. <laughs> Well, I greatly appreciate that. And I will have all the links to all of that in the show notes so you can check it out uh, if you're so inclined. Um, and also, where can people find you online just in general? Yeah, uh, I am at M-T-S-T-O-R-R-S on all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. And uh, yeah, that's the easiest way to find me. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much. You can follow me on Twitter at Interante Scott. That's I-N-T-E-R-R-A-N-T-E. You can follow the show at Great Song Pod. That's G-R number eight song pod. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next time. Music.